Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. Good evening and welcome to today's meeting of the Commonwealth Club of California. I'm Denise Michaud, Chair of the Club's Grown-Ups Forum and your host for today. We also welcome our listening audience and we invite everyone to visit us online at commonwealthclub.org. Our program tonight is called What You Need to Know Before You're 65, a Medicare Primer. And now it is my pleasure to introduce our distinguished speaker. Esther Koch is a gerontologist and the founder of Encore Management, an aging advisory services firm. She is an aging network partner with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid. She was also a delegate to the White House Conference on Aging. In addition, Esther has a professional business background as a Stanford MBA, PricewaterhouseCoopers CPA, and Chief Financial Officer. Esther is a frequent speaker on Medicare, caregiving, and other aging and retirement-related topics. Her media interviews and articles have appeared on television, radio, online, and in print. Please welcome Esther Koch. Well, thank you very much, Denise, and thank you to the Commonwealth Club. It's a pleasure to be here again. And I have the feeling... This is probably how you feel right now. Like there's a maze in front of you. Maybe you went up to the Medicare website and you probably got a little glassy-eyed. Well, I just want you to know that everybody feels that way because Medicare is complicated. Um, as a matter of fact, it is not simple. I can't make it simple. So my goal tonight is to provide you some clarity. I also want to set some expectations with respect to the lack of simplicity, is that I'm not going to be able to get you through this maze tonight, but my goal and my hope is that you will see more of a straight line path on what you need to do, because you're going to need to do some research, you're going to have to look at alternatives, and then you're going to have to make some decisions on probably what's going to be your most important health insurance decision of your life. So, what we're going to do within that context, I can only address the basics. So we're, this is a primer. So we're doing the basics of Medicare. Frequently, I'm probably going to use the word generally because I'm trying to think of the most general situations, but there might be situations that may be more specific to you that I'm not covering tonight. But what I am going to cover, we're going to talk about the ABCs and Ds of Medicare. I'm going to talk about Medigap insurance. Then I'm going to be talking about employee insurance and retiree insurance coverage. And then I'm going to give you some examples and some navigational guidelines. And it's there's going to be a lot of chapters in this uh, presentation tonight. So, But let's start with getting everybody on a terminology. So Medicare was implemented 50 years ago. So some of the things that you're used to in the terminology with respect to health plans is not how Medicare works, but at least let's get some of these terminologies out. You probably are now in a PPO plan or an HMO plan. If you're in a PPO plan, there's one network of preferred providers. The plan will pay so much and you pay a certain co generally coinsurance. Non-preferred providers, you have to pay more. 
So the plan plays, pays less, but you can go to a non-preferred provider. In an HMO environment, there is only one provider network. You go out of that provider network, nothing is covered. Um, in Medicare speak, 60 years ago, there used to be fee-for-service was a terminology. So sometimes you hear Medicare referred to as fee-for-service. So within either of these constructs, PPO or HMO, you there was one policy that included whether you were in hospital, whether you were an outpatient, whether that was diagnostic tests, doctors, or drugs. You had one policy. That's not necessarily how Medicare works. You do have a premium that you pay, or maybe your company, somebody is paying a premium, and then the next three items, there's probably a deductible, there might be co-pays and co-insurance. In Medicare speak, those were called gaps, gaps in coverage. And then there is probably this concept of max out of pocket. So when you get to a certain amount of these deductibles, co-pays and co-insurance that you pay in a year, then your plan pays everything else once you get to this max out of pocket. And then there is probably just one enrollment period, generally just one enrollment period when you can enroll or make a change. So those are health insurance terms. So now, Medicare is a federal health insurance program. It is uh, eligible, you are eligible if you're a citizen and also if you are a resident alien, you have to be here for five continuous years. You're eligible at 65 not 62, not 66 or 67. Those tend to be social security years. So we're talking about 65. And if you're eligible for social security, then your uh, Medicare Part A is free. So there's a premiums, but Part A would be free to you if you are eligible. Not that you have to be in social security, but you're eligible for social security. So what does Medicare cover? Now, this sounds restrictive, but it's actually quite broad. Medically necessary, Medicare-covered conditions received from a Medicare provider. So medically necessary, they have to be. They have to be covered by Medicare, but Medicare covers a heck of a lot. And you have to get them from a Medicare provider. If you don't get them from a Medicare provider, there's no concept of non-provider network. It has to be from a Medicare provider. And it doesn't pay for everything. There are these gaps, these co-pays, deductibles, co-insurance. And probably the biggest thing that Medicare doesn't pay that people get confused on is long-term care. And long-term care is not considered medically necessary. Those are the personal care needs that you may have as you get older. If it's you're unable to bathe or dress, those long-term care needs, those are your personal responsibility. Those are not medically necessary. Those are not covered by Medicare. So now let's start with the, the good news is we have, we're only four alphabet letters here, A, B, C, and D, not 26. So... Part A is hospital, so it covers inpatient hospital. It also covers skilled nursing because usually you're not um, sent to a skilled nursing facility until there, uh, there usually is a hospitalization before you would go to a skilled nursing facility for a medically necessary condition. And then it also covers hospice. Um, now, the where you can get hospice has changed in the last 50 years. So 
the coverage is part of Part A, but it is allowed in the home. So it's in other venues than it was originally, but it's part of the hospital coverage because that's actually where it used to be performed. So Part B is the rest of medical. So that would be your doctors, your surgeons, outpatient surgery. Even if you go to a hospital for an outpatient uh, procedure that is not inpatient, so it would go under Part B medical, uh, diagnostic tests, lab tests, and then durable medical equipment. So that's Part B. When Medicare started, that's all it was, was Part A and Part B in 1965. There have been modifications, additions to Medicare, but now Medicare, as it was originally structured, tends to be called original Medicare. So you can take Medicare in its original form as original Medicare. Now, what original Medicare doesn't cover is routine dental, eyewear, hearing aids, and it also does not cover out of the United States. Medicare covers within the United States. So that was 1965 and still today. Then in the mid-1990s, Part C came into existence, and Part C is a managed care alternative. So instead of going to any Medicare provider in the United States, which you can do under original Medicare, a managed, the managed care alternative of Part C is, uh, and today these are called now called Medicare Advantage plans, these are optional. You do not have to select one of these. It's an option. It's, it's optional. The government has outsourced the management of the care. So you'd be interacting with a health insurance intermediary. You are still part of Medicare, but you interact with a health insurance intermediary. They manage your care and the models today are primarily HMO models with drugs. So part D is the drug plan. D for drugs. So the Medicare prescription drug program, similarly, the government outsourced this. There are drug plans, and you would be signing up for a drug plan through a health insurance intermediary, but you're still part of Medicare. It's still a Part D, Part D plan. Part D covers self, um, self-injected or self-administered drugs. So oral or self-administered. So if you're in the hospital, your drugs are under Part A. If you have chemo in an outpatient, your drugs under Part B. But if you self-administer your drugs, then it's going to be under the Part D program. So with Medicare, you really have two roads to take. Either you're going to take Medicare as it was originally structured, this fee-for-service model where you can go to any Medicare provider. Then you would take Medicare A and B as original Medicare. And then you might select um, a Medicare supplement plan. This is not part of Medicare. I'm going to talk about this in more detail. But it's frequently referred to as a Medigap plan because it covers the gaps that Medicare doesn't pay on a claim then you would get a Part D prescription drug plan. So now you have three different enrollments. You're enrolling in Medicare, 
you're enrolling in a Medicare supplement plan and a prescription drug plan. But if you want the original Medicare, I can go to any Medicare provider in the United States. You would select original Medicare. What I'm referring to is alternative number one. Or you can, it's like you exchange your Medicare, you're still in Medicare Part A and B, but you're exchanging it to be in a managed care environment. And there it is the plan, um, the Medicare uh, and Medicare Advantage plan has to offer the same coverage that Medicare, original Medicare does. But you may be limited, well, you will be limited to your provider network. You're probably going to have to have a primary care physician. The primary care physician would recommend to, to, to the surgeon or what would recommend. So your care is going to be managed, but there are sometimes more um, benefits that have been added to these Medicare Advantage plans. So I'm going to first talk about, um, no, actually first, I'm going to talk about Medicare Part A and B because regardless of which path you take, and I will say that it's really a decision Although you can switch between the two, there's some limitations in whether you can get back to a Medicare supplement plan. And again, I'm going to talk about that in more detail. But that's why I think it's better if you think of these as which is really the way you want to get your care, a managed care environment or with the flexibility to go to any doctor, Medicare doctor, Medicare provider in the United States. So first we have to get you into Medicare. And as I mentioned, you're still in Medicare A and B, regardless of which way, uh, which you choose. So you are required to enroll in Medicare. Medicare is, um, all parts of Medicare, uh, you get guaranteed enrollment. There's no, um, uh, there's no require, medical underwriting requirements. All of Medicare, guaranteed enrollment into Medicare, but you are required to enroll. Um, generally at, at 65, unless you're a current employee in a group health plan. So that's why some people who work after age 65, they don't enroll in Medicare because they qualify for a special enrollment period. Your company has to sign off on a government form to validate that you do indeed qualify for it. But here are some things that don't qualify. So if you're in an individual plan, an ACA plan or uh, grandfathered, there's no current enroll, there's no current employment there. That is not an employer, employer plan. So therefore that kind, you would have to enroll in Medicare at age 65 or you would be subject to late enrollment penalties. And these penalties are not just a one shot deal. It's a percentage on the premium for the rest of the time that you're in Medicare. So you don't want to be subject to late enrollment penalties. The other example is COBRA. There is no current employment. Maybe it was related to your prior employment, no current employment with with COBRA. If you're in a pre-65 retiree plan, maybe there used to be current no current in no current employment. So those are some of the specific it's only current employment of uh, the employee and spouse gets you this special enrollment period. It is your responsibility to enroll much like 
for your income taxes. It's your responsibility to file an income tax return. So it's your responsibility to enroll. The only exception would be if you're already in Social Security. Then Social Security knows how old you are. They will actually sign you up. Um, and you have some, you do have some ability to, um, de- uh, decline, but basically, uh, if you're in Social Security, Social Security enrolls you. And you enroll through Social Security. Medicare actually doesn't have any retail locations, but the, so it used to be you went to, to the Social Security office. Now you primarily, primarily do it online, but the, the apparatus of enrolling is through Social Security. So, I'm assuming this initial enrollment period is at age 65. So you might have heard about this seven-month period that you have three months before your birth, your birthday month, the month of your birthday, 65th birthday, and three months after. Well, I don't even want you to be thinking about your birthday month or thereafter because if you start enrollment in those months, your your enrollment will not start in your birthday month. So you potentially have a lapse in coverage from your prior coverage. So don't even think about months four to seven. Focuses, focus on months one through three. You start the enrollment then, but it is effective in your birthday month. And if anyone in the the audience or the listening audience is born on the first of the month, you're actually considered to have attained your age the day before. So you would actually qualify for a month early as I did. Um, but otherwise, regardless of when your, if your birthday is from the second to the 31st, your Medicare will still start on the first day of your birthday month. Now, Social Security has, within the last several months, has changed their procedures on how to enroll in Medicare. So if you do an online enrollment, you are required now to set up a My Social Security account first. So you can enroll online if you want to enroll in A and B or in Part A. But you do need to sign set up a My Social Security account, you can do that at ssa.gov forward slash my account. Um, I will warn you, make sure you use en- provide enough time to do this because my clients have been telling me that they've been kicked out because the password's wrong or they've been getting questions like, did you have a credit card with this company in 1987? Because there's going to be Equifax questions they couldn't answer. So make sure you allow enough time to make sure that the, that the account is set up. Then I'm assuming that when you apply for Medicare, that you are not applying for Social Security benefits. So you want to apply for Medicare only it's on another page on the Medi- uh, Social Security website, ssa.gov forward slash benefits forward slash Medicare only. There's a button, apply for Medicare only. That will put you into the questions. You have to validate yourself. You'll have to put in your My Social Security account username and password to get further. So even though on this front page currently they don't talk about it, you will have to have it once you get into the application. I also want to um, uh, point out there's two other things under that apply for Medicare only button. And one says return to saved application. 
so that you can go through, you can get up to a certain part of the application. And if you want to just wait and come back to it, you can, you'll get a re-entry number. So that's a return to a saved application. And then if you, once you file the application online, you can then go to check application status here to check the status of your application, or you can also do that through your My Social Security account. And then this is what you're, this is all what you're waiting for. This, this is the new Medicare card which is no longer, the the number is no longer associated with your social security number as of last year. You'll notice that the coverage starts on the first of the month, and that's that will cover your, this is your Part A, hospital Part A, and medical Part B. So that's what your social security card is going to look like. So how much is this going to cost? Um, as I mentioned, Part A is usually free if you have, qualify for Social Security. And then Parts B and D have their own premiums. And in addition, you may be subject to a high-income premium. And the way the high-income premium is determined is that the Internal Revenue Service, they look to your tax return two years prior. So for calendar year 2019, they will look to your 2017 tax return, looking at modified adjusted gross income, whatever tier you fall into based on your filed tax return will determine what additional uh, high income premiums that you will owe. The basic premium for Medicare Part B of high income premiums don't apply is $135.50 uh, in 2019. So that covers part A and part B. So now that we're, now we're going to talk about, now we're going under this original Medicare option. We're going to go talk about Medigap insurance. So it's formally known as Medicare supplement insurance. It is not part of Medicare. And it's actually, um, not unlike any other insurance that you've heard of. So it is optional. So what it does, and the reason I like to call it, as many people do, call it Medigap, it covers the gaps that Medicare doesn't pay on a claim. But I want to repeat that. It covers what Medicare doesn't pay on a claim. It, it does not cover something that Medicare doesn't cover. It does not cover a non-Medicare provider. It is only paying to a certain degree what Medicare is not paying on a claim. So those are those co-pays, deductibles, co-insurance. And for some people that had $10,000 deductibles on their current plans, wouldn't, wouldn't you be happy if you could have had an insurance product that you'd pay a premium on and then they would pay the deductibles on your plan? So that's why I'm saying it's unlike any other kind of insurance that you've, you've, um, you've heard of. It only works with a med original Medicare. So it's actually against the law if somebody tries to sell you that and you are not in original Medicare. They can't sell you this if you're in a Medicare Advantage plan. Um, and part of this is this concept, Medicare, original Medicare doesn't have a concept of max out of pocket. So this really is a financial risk product. It's They're not making any decisions on who your providers are or who you went to. Um, so it's a way for you to limit your liability on your uh, what you end up pay paying your responsibility on claims. 
So just to give you some ideas of what some of these primary gaps might be in original Medicare, under Part A hospital for 2019, there is a $1,364 60-day deductible. So that means if you're in the hospital January 1st, April 1st, July 1st, October 1st, you will then have four deductibles, four 60-day deductibles. This is not an annual deductible. This is a 60-day deductible. And then the other part that's the primary um, a large exposure area is Part B medical, the 20% coinsurance, because, for example, chemotherapy, outpatient chemotherapy, that could be pretty expensive if you're paying that 20% with no max out of pocket. So, um, And also outpatient surgeries can become very expensive. So the 20% coinsurance, these are the primary gaps in original Medicare. Now, these Medicare plans are generally standardized. Um, there are currently 11 plans in the United, in the United States and, um, approved by the government, but implemented on a state level. But effective, uh, January of 2020, Part C, uh, excuse me, Plan C, and of course they're the same, al- you know, we use alphabet letters, not to be complete, confused with Parts A, B, C, and D. This is now Medigap plans, A through N. They are retired, they've retired a few letters previously, they are retiring C and F, effective at the end of this year. Uh, but currently, if you're enrolling this year, the most generous plan is a Plan F. You might have heard that, you might have heard of a Plan F. If you get a plan F, it will pay everything that Medicare doesn't pay on a claim. So in essence, what you're doing is that you will have premiums, but you will have no other additional out of pocket for your part A and part B medical expenses. It covers all the gaps that Medicare doesn't pay on a claim. The rates are based on zip code and age. And they will vary by vendor uh, and uh, by company. And just to give you a, a sense of a number, probably for someone age 65, assuming no tobacco usage, it's probably about $150 a month or less for a Plan F Medigap plan. So the thing with Medigap plans is that they're private insurance, And they actually came into existence pretty soon after Medicare came into existence because private insurance companies saw, oh, look at, there's this opportunity for a product here. Um, The government has really only allowed, there's generally only one time, generally I said, generally only one time that you can get guaranteed acceptance into this private insurance plan. And that is when you are over 65, 65 and over, and you're enrolled in Part B. Now, California has some is more generous in that, but um, it's not something that you want to decide on later. Like, okay, you go into you 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 really have to decide when you're enrolling as to whether you're going to take a Medigap plan, because if you wait, the likelihood is when you think you then, that you then need it, is you have a condition that you would never go through underwriting because you'd have to go through underwriting otherwise. So there's um, limited to the number of times the, that you can get guaranteed acceptance. 
So the next one, a Part D prescription drug plan. So here I think this, I just love this cartoon. You know, he can talk about E equals MC here, but don't, you know, Einstein, don't, don't let me explain the Medicare prescription drug plan to you. So I'm just going to get you to basics on, on the drug plan, um, the drug program. So there's two types of drug plans. The first one is called a, um, standalone kinds of, it's referred to as a standalone or a prescription drug plan in California there are 30 different plans from which to choose and you do have to do a separate enrollment in a Medicare Advantage plan the the drug coverage tends to be as part of the plan so you're really enroll you're choosing a Medicare Advantage plan not for the drug coverage you're choosing it for the health coverage and just like today you take whatever drug coverage you're given so um you do not need to do a separate enrollment for when if you're in a Medicare Advantage plan. You are listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Hear thousands of our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And when you're in the Bay Area, please join us live for one of our 500 programs each year. You can find us online at CommonwealthClub.org. Now, back to our program. So people always ask, how do you save on prescription drugs? Well, first of all, don't take them. (laughs) Second of all, the gerontologist in me would say the best prescription a doctor can give you is exercise. (laughs) Number three, take branded drugs. But probably what's really going to save you money is if you get to the Medicare uh, plan finder. This is an incredible tool on the Medicare website where... um, it will, because all these 30 plans have different deductibles, different copays, they classify drugs in different tiers, their tiers are structured at different prices. There's, there's so many variables to it. But what you put in your drugs, you have to put in the frequency and the, um, you have a choice of your, uh, um, pharmacies that you'd want to go to, and it will sort those 30 plans. Oh, you also have to put in zip code. These are by zip code. Those 30 plans from least expensive overall cost to most expensive overall cost. So what it does is it takes the premiums plus the cost of the drug. So now, you know, how, how else do you do that? You know, let's get apples to apples. Let's see what my total estimated cost would be for this apples to apples. So it sorts it from least expensive to most expensive. And you would be amazed at the differences in prices because you're not used to that. You just took the drug coverage that, you know, if you got a prescription, you went to the pharmacy and you paid for your drugs. So just as an example, one of my venture capital clients, he, um, when I first set him up in a drug plan and I maximized the selection, which is more like minimizing the cost, then the next, so that was year one. Year two, uh, and oh, by the way, he only had two branded drugs that was the same over these, over these four periods. The next year, I put him in a different plan. And he saved $11,000 just on those two drugs from the plan that I had maximized the year before. The next year, I did the same thing. I put him into a different different drug plan. He saved 
$3,000 than he would have had paid if he had been in the other one. And the last, the the third year, it was $7,000. So over a period of three years, I saved him over $20,000. This was two branded drugs. So there is an incredible variance between these plans. And if you really want to know what it is for your plan, hit view all and then scroll down to the bottom one and you'll see the diff, you'll see how big, how big the variance is. So I really recommend the Medicare uh, drug plan finder. And I will also make the statement that these are now competitive. Now we're in a competitive world. The government outsourced this. So now these are competitions. So these plans change annually. So you can be sure that these plans are likely to change. And also your drugs are likely to change. So it's important that you also do this during the annual election period, which is October 15th to December 7th each year. So pricing, um, premiums in California, which is the region San Francisco would be located in, ranging from $13 a month to $118 a month. Just because you're in a lower cost plan doesn't mean you got a deal. And just because you're in a higher cost plan doesn't mean any other prospective drug that you might get is going to be covered at the cheapest price. There is really not, uh, it's really based on the formulary of the plan, how that matches with, with the for, um, with your particular drugs. And that's why it's really important to get to this drug plan finder. Um, also, there will be, as I mentioned before, there's a high income premium. So you'll pay a premium on the plan and you will still, in addition, owe a, potentially owe a high income premium for this Part D coverage. You would enroll through the insurance company. You would can enroll at one eight hundred Medicare, or you can actually enroll through the through the drug plan finder. So that covered original. If you want to take Medicare to go to any Medicare provider in the United States, you'd take it as original Medicare A and B. You'd probably want to get a Medicare Medigap plan, and then you would need to enroll in a Part D drug plan, most likely. So now let's go to a managed care alternative. So this is where you have, you're still in Parts A and B, but you've exchanged it to agree to be in a managed care setting. Um, it is called Part C, Medicare Advantage Plans now. And then, as I mentioned, most of the models are HMO models now, and the drugs are part of the, um, a part of the plan, a part of the plan. But in some instances, you can have it without drugs, but most of them are. So, as I mentioned, this is, this is optional. You do not have to select a Medicare Advantage plan. Uh, you would be working through a uh, health insurance intermediary. These plans are regionally based, and some of those regions are pretty pretty small regions based on your geographic area. Currently, there's 14 plans for a San Francisco zip code, and all of those are HMO models with drugs, MAPB, Medicare Advantage Plan with drugs. So... Here, what I talked about, original Medicare and those gaps, those don't apply. So now, the co-pays, deductibles, co-insurance is based on the plan terms. 
So now you're dealing with the plan. So it's, it's not that other information. That was original Medicare. And that, inf- that could be different for all of those 14 plans. So it's the plan terms that are going to define what, what the coverage is, the cost, the various costing, and then, um, what the premiums are. And in addition, you would be, if there is any kind of appeal, you're appealing to the plan. You're not appealing to Medicare. You would appeal to Medicare if you chose original Medicare. If you're in a Medicare Advantage plan, now you have chosen to be in a managed care environment. That is the appeal is within the man, it's within the Medicare Advantage plan. So Medicare Advantage plans are potentially the most all-encompassing coverage. But it does have the most restrictions. And you're restricted to a particular regional provider network. As I mentioned, primary care physician is usually required. You can't get to a specialist. You need to have a referral to get to a specialist. That's usually required. Outside of the plan area, there's only emergency coverage. So if you're someone who has a vacation home in another state, you would never want to be in a, Medic- in a, Man- a Medicare Advantage plan. Um, so you really have to understand the provider network, and you need to understand that it can ch- just as your provider, you know your provider network's you're used to now. They can potentially change on an annual basis. So you really have to understand the provider network and the pricing within the particular plan. And and this is a really important point, is that once you're in a Medicare Advantage plan, it's difficult to get back to a fully insured fee-for-service option. So here's what I mean by that. During the annual open enrollment period, you can move from original Medicare to a Medicare Advantage or vice versa. You can change prescription drug plans in that time frame too. Um, but it's that Medigap plan. You only got guaranteed acceptance into that Medigap plan when you were, when you were 65, 65 and first in Part B. So although you could get back into original Medicare, it is not clear that if you wanted a Medigap plan that you would make it through underwriting. You could certainly try, but it's not clear that you would make it through underwriting. You do not have guaranteed acceptance. This is the Medigap plan is private insurance. So you just need to be aware of that. And again, frequently what when people think of this, that they're in a Medicare Advantage plan and then Let's say you have cancer. The experts in your particular cancer are at Sloan Kettering in New York or MD Anderson in, um, in uh, Texas. There's no way you're going to get through underwriting. So that's when you want to get a larger network, but you're not going to get through underwriting into this Medigap plan, although you would get to original Medicare, but you'd be responsible for those deductibles, co-insurances, and co-pays with no um, max out-of-pocket concept to it. So there are some examples of where you can test a Medicare Advantage plan, but they're kind of limited. You know, you might move out of the out of the general area if if you out of the regional area well then you'd have to move so so there there are some other ways that you can get guaranteed acceptance but 
generally, it's probably not going to be multiple options for you. So now the Medicare plan finder is also a benefit to you to look at health plans. So again, these have been outsourced, so they could potentially change on an annual basis. So you go to the plan finder and here it's, it's, um, you're choosing health and drug plans. So where before you were going to be choosing to analyze a drug plan, now you're going to be choosing to ana- analyze a health plan. Uh, again, you'd want to do that initially and annually, but unfortunately, the most important thing about a Medicare Advantage plan, which is your provider network, is not provided in the drug plan finder. But what, excuse me, in the plan finder, what you will find are numerical informations like what's the copay, what's the coinsurance, um, the premium, but they don't have provider network. So you're either going to have to contact that particular plan's website. You might have to call up your doctors. Are you still going to be in this Medicare Advantage plan next year? So there's more research that you're going to have to do um, if you are trying to re- when you're researching Medicare Advantage plans during your Medicare open enrollment period at the at the end of the year. And uh, there's some other things on here that I want to highlight that in terms of inquiry information that's available to you, there's also um, a nursing home compare. You can compare along the um, on, along the right hand side here. Um, you can check out doctors, nursing homes, hospitals, home health services, um, medical durable medical equipment. So there's a lot of information that's available that you can access from the home page of the Medicare website. And something that is new is Medicare has an app. It's called What's Covered. So you can download the Medicare What's Covered app, and then you can find out whether a particular item is covered or not. And as an example, you now know that acupuncture is not covered by Medicare. Chiropractic services are, but acupuncture is not. But so Medicare actually has a um, an app here. So the What's Covered app. So bringing all of this together, how much might all of this cost? So under going to fee-for-service, any Medicare provider, Part A, usually free. Part B would be the $136. A Medigap plan might be $150. Let's say a drug plan, the um, U.S. average is around 34 That would say that you have $320 a month as a premium if no high-income premiums apply. Now, if you're coming from a situation where your company pays your, pays your premium, you'll be saying, oh my gosh, $320. Now, if you're in an individual plan and you're paying $1,000 a month, you'd be saying, yes, I wish I was born the first of the month. So, um, and with this F plan, you would have no additional out-of-pocket for your Part A and Part B medical bills under this assumption. So then if we look at uh, you select, you want to go to a Medicare Advantage plan. So you would still have Part A, usually free. You'd still have the Part B base premium. 
Uh, part Medicare Advantage plans in San Francisco range from zero to $124 a month. Usually the Part D that's in a Medicare Advantage plan, there's not a separate premium on that. And so you would be from 136 to $260 for a monthly rate. But within the Medicare Advantage plans, you have co-pays, co-insurance deductibles. You have a max out-of-pocket for those 14 plans, anywhere from $4,000 to $6,700 on an annual basis. Now, to each of these alternatives, you would add high-income premiums and you would add drug costs. So, you know, you'd have to add those to both of those. But that gives you kind of a uh, comparative. So now let's talk about retiree and employee coverage. So... I have retiree coverage. No, you have Medicare. No retire, no company is going to assume the liability that the government has assumed. So you actually have Medicare and actually you're going to be required to enroll in Medicare. So you have Medicare, but there might be other things that your retiree plan might provide for you. Um, you have to read the retiree materials because there is... N- Companies do not have to provide retiree benefits, so there is no consistency out there. But here's the good news. You have a whole retiree benefits department that is there just for you. So you should take advantage of them, um, contact them. They'll probably have lectures for you. They they may have specific um, people to meet with, so take advantage of them. If you have employee coverage, you really have to understand your current coverage. As more and more companies are pushing to the individual the the cost of medical care, whether that be in larger deductibles or a larger portion of the premium that you have to pay, it actually you could actually be getting more complete coverage at a lower cost if you transition to Medicare. So it wouldn't hurt to put some numbers on that to see where you where you stand. Um, and then there's also some differences with how Medicare interacts with company plans. And unfortunately, employee benefits groups in companies probably aren't going to help you that much. And the reason is, is that they're used to group plans. They really don't understand this Medicare, how it fits into the whole scheme of things, unless you happen to work for a company that has a very, a a much older employee base, maybe, but um, that might not be the situation around here. So uh, let me just give you some pointers. If you are in a company with less than 20 employees, the terms of the, well, let me start with over 20. If you're in a company that has over 20 employees or is in a multi-employer group so that there's over 20 employees, the government has said that you cannot be discriminated, you or your spouse cannot be discriminated against because you're over 60, which is the whole reason why when you pay, if you're in one of those companies right now, you pay the same amount as your, you know, coworker age 22 pays because you can't be discriminated against. And in that situation, it's defined that the company plan pays primary If you also had Medicare, Medicare would be secondary. It's the responsibility of the company to pay first. But that is not the situation if you're in a company with less than 20 employees. 
In those plans, Medicare pays first. So even if you stayed in a company plan after age 65 in a small group under 20, you would still have to enroll in Medicare. And what happens is it doesn't, uh, doesn't always make sense to have two full amounts, full premiums that you would pro- more, more people then disenroll from the company plan and move into Medicare because it doesn't make sense to have two full coverages. So, um, but that's generally how they, they, um, they work. They work, they work differently, uh, based on, based on company size. So, um, let me give you now some navigational examples. So if you're turning 65, and you have an individual plan, which could be an Affordable Care Act plan or a grandfathered plan, individual plan, but it could also be a COBRA plan. And uh, there you need to enroll in Medicare Parts A and B at age 65. Otherwise, you are subject to a late enrollment penalty. You would then want to decide between are you going to take um, Medicare in its as original Medicare that fee for service, any Medicare provider, or do I want, do you want to go the Medicare Advantage road? And then you have to make sure you disenroll from that plan because otherwise they will charge you another premium. So you have to remember to disenroll from that plan. Now, if you have retiree insurance, Again, no plan is going to assume the liability of the federal government. So let's talk first about post-65 retiree insurance. You're required to enroll in Medicare Parts A and B. Um, if you are in a spouse's, let's say your spouse has pre-65 retiree insurance, but you turn 65, there's no current employment. So you need to enroll in you need to enroll in Medicare. You don't, you're going to have to transition off of that plan or at least enroll in Medicare. You don't have any special enrollment. But here you really have to understand the plan requirements and options. The, then you'd sign up and make elections based on what the retiree, what the rules are for this particular plan. And generally you're going to be automatically disenrolled because you probably came from a company plan to a retiree plan. So you're, you're probably going to be automatically disenrolled. So if you're working past age 65 with a company of less than 20 employees, Medicare's primary, you're going to have to enroll in Medicare Parts A and B before the company plan even covers anything. Then you're going to decide, are you going to stay on the company plan or not? If you decide to come off the company plan, again, you have these two roads. You're going to go original Medicare or you're going to go Medicare Advantage. And then similarly here, you'll need to disenroll from the company plan. This is not any kind of COBRA situation. You are voluntarily terminating from the plan. There's no COBRA involved in this. Um, If you are working past age 65 with a company of 20 or more employees, the company plan is primary. And then you need to, you know, you might want to 
put, as I said, you might want to put some numbers on this. If, you know, if you're already using medical services, maybe you should be thinking of transitioning to, to Medicare, but you, you need to, you need to look at that. Um, so are you going to stay up on the company plan or, you know, sign up for part A or whatever, move to Medicare? Um, then if you stay on the company plan and then later, um, it's time to retire now and you will transition to Medicare. Um, you will qualify, you and your spouse will qualify for this special enrollment as long as there's current enrollment, but there is a form that your employer needs to fill out to validate that. So you cannot make your retirement two years from when you, two day, two weeks from when you tell them, you need to give them some advance notice because you need to get that piece of paper signed by the HR department to validate your special enrollment period. Um, and then you similarly, then at that point in time, original Medicare, Medicare Advantage, and, and time it so that your company plan ends and your Medicare coverage begins so you have no lapse in coverage. So that's it. Um, the, you have two, basically two options. Any Medicare provider in the United States, original Medicare, a managed care alternative, potentially increasing, um, more things that they might include. And some of those things are maybe they include, um, hearing aids. Maybe they include gym memberships. Maybe they include some vision services. So it's of that not type, not that they're going to cover some type of procedure that Medicare, original Medicare wouldn't otherwise cover. It's, it's extras within the plan. Um, but more restricted providers in that situation. So that's it. You've got the basics. So if your partner carries the insurance through their company. Your spouse. My spouse. Okay. Um, but I'm not the employee. He is. What you're saying is that if he retires after 65, both he and I are eligible for that special enrollment period. You both are eligible through his employment. Okay. Thank Current you. employment. Right. So I did sign up online about a week ago, and then, of course, I'm here today. Um, it looked like I signed up for Medicare B only. It, it uh, are is, you in A? I don't know. Well, that's more specific. I, I can't, I, I don't know what, what you did. And if we can have I more specific either. questions. <laughs> and do you, do you know, is there, can I go back? If you, or no, I've, you probably didn't. You can't sign up for just B online. Okay, then it was confusing. <laughs> Yes, for those of us that uh, look to travel uh, both in throughout the U.S. and overseas, what's your recommendation for which which program to sign up for? Well, I recommend you get travel insurance because the there is some travel coverage in a Medicare supplement plan, a Plan F. There is some travel. Uh, emergency medical outside of the United States, but it's a, it's a limited, it's a, I think it's $50,000, which could be one episode. So I would recommend that you get travel insurance. If uh, you're working and you sign up for social security, you're automatically enrolled in part A, correct? And if you're enrolled in part A and you're currently in an HSA plan, you can no longer have an HSA? That's correct. And it, it's, it's worse than that. If you're, um, 
if you're in an HSA plan, if you sign up for Part A, your Part A is retroactive six months. If you're outside of your initial enrollment period, it's retroactive six months. So you have to think about the issue of going on to Social Security because they will require you to be in at least Part A. So you have to make that decision much earlier than you would otherwise do it because otherwise you have um, non-qualifying contributions to an HSA that better be paid back within a calendar year. And if you cross over years, you have trouble with that. So you're right. Can you please define what is a management care or managed care? Managed care? Managed care is where the um, the plan... It's it's managing your care. It's you don't have as much flexibility to, you know, you have an earache and you or you want to go to an ear, nose and throat specialist. Well, within a managed care environment, you would first have to probably go to your primary care physician and then they would determine where you're going to go next. So they manage your they there's an aspect of managing your care. And the well, Kaiser Kaiser is managed care, yes. Right. I have a question about the guarantee issue, making that decision only one time. Um, because you may make that decision and choose Kaiser because you've been here all your life and um, you like that managed care plan. But then if you get ill and you have to move across the country and live with your kids or live with someone else um, – Getting that's one of those things. If you move, you move across the country, you'll get you'll so, get a um, guaranteed enrollment. You will guaranteed acceptance when you move out of the plan area. Okay, okay, but but you, I couldn't switch to Blue Cross Blue Shield and stay in California within the service area of, of Kaiser Kaiser Permanente. Well, wait a minute. Well, so if I, that, you're getting. If I'm we sorry, can be more I, generic, well, questions. if I'm here in San Francisco and I'm in Kaiser and I go into the Kaiser Senior Advantage plan, and then I move up to Oakmont in Santa Rosa, and I decide I don't want to be in the Kaiser, that I'd rather have my own doctor. Can I enroll in the AARP United Healthcare? You could. Well, first of all, you'd have to wait to the annual. Open enrollment to switch out of a Medicare Advantage plan into original Medicare. And then you can put in an application for a a Medigap plan and you would go through underwriting and you either will be accepted or not accepted. So how does that interface with the Affordable Care Act rules of no? They don't, that's what, that's my point. This is not an Affordable Care Act plan. This is, this is not part of that. Um, this is a question about the uh, if you are working at a, an over twenty person company, uh, you basically can delay signing up for Medicare uh, without uh, you can avoid the penalties for paying for Part B, is my understanding. But the, my question is, do you need to do something specific with your employer to be able to prove later on that you were covered by uh, a health care plan at your employer? Do you need to get a form or how does yeah, Medicare you sh- know? You need to do that before you leave. And that's that whole special enrollment period. But it has to be there's a form that your employer would have to uh, sign. It's a government form. They have to sign that says that you've been employed and you're on the um, group health insurance plan. 
Esther, before we close, how can the listening audience get a hold of you? Um, my company is Encore Management. That's www.encoremgmt.com. And the email would be esther at encoremanagement.com. Our thanks to Esther Koch for her comments here today. We also thank our audience here as well as those listening to the recording. And now this meeting of the Commonwealth Club of California commemorating 116th year of enlightened discussion is adjourned.